Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Crash Course. This is a, a little mini podcast that's designed to help you get caught up to speed, get the gist of some concepts that are, are part of our faith. Uh, if you're a Jesus follower, someone who's even sort of thinking about that, seeking you know answers about that, um, we're, we're trying to, to cover the basics on a lot of big concepts. A lot of times what happens is we start to follow Jesus, um, we, we become a Christian, and that's awesome, and we're excited, but maybe we just don't really understand everything, and so when we hear other Christians talk, or we hear certain concepts talked about on a Sunday in church, or even in a worship song, or whatever, we're like, I sort of get the meaning of that, but it's kind of hazy, and and you just need someone to, to get you caught up to speed, just a crash course. Um, we're in no way saying that we're covering the totality of all thoughts about these concepts. That would take, I mean, forever, because... It's been 2,000 years and people are still writing books about them. Um, <laughs> we're just trying to get the gist of it. And so that's why we do this. Uh, I'm joined right now by the most physically attractive person that I've ever oh my gosh. I've ever done a podcast with, I might add. Oh you are goodness. so much prettier than Scott Kays. <laughs> like, and I don't even care if Scott listens to this and hears me say it. I'll yeah, say it. I'll, I'd say it to his face. I'd say it right to his face. Okay. You got nothing on Megan. Um, Megan's my wife. But and I'm not saying that out of obligation. I always used to say that we're kind of like salsa, me and you. You're hot, and I'm chunky. <laughs> okay. So our powers combined. We're really good salsa. Really good salsa. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, all right. So what we're going to talk about on this episode is a little thing called the Bible. Okay. What in the world <laughs> is the Bible? Yeah. Why is it such a big deal, right? Yeah, I mean, there's obviously a lot of different directions we can go with this, but but here's the truth. Anytime someone becomes a Christian, really early on, someone's going to tell them, and this is good advice, hey, you should start reading the Bible. Right. Like, open up the Bible. But it's not a book like most books. No, it's not. And so, and it, it wasn't written like most books. Right. And so people can get kind of confused, I think, especially early on, because you're like, what do you do with a book? Well, you open a page one. Right. And you start to read, and you read all the way through, and it tells it tells a story. Right. Um. And, and, I, and I have read the Bible that yeah. way, um, but the the Bible is is different than like a novel or something that you'd be used to reading. Right. So let's start here. The, what I would say is the Bible is a collection of writings. Yes. That's, yeah, that's accurate. It, it is a book, but it's a book that has been compiled from right. multiple authors uh, through several different generations. Right. Uh, time periods. I mean, when you when you look at the oldest the oldest writings in the Bible, I mean, you're talking, you know, a thousand plus years before Jesus, and the New Testament obviously is much later. I mean, more than a thousand years before Jesus. But but my, you've got a lot of different times, places, right? Things have, have changed culturally, and and I would even add different types of writings. Sure. I mean, um, if you kind of pick, okay, have you ever read like a an anthology or like where a bunch of different like poets have written something right. and and they might all be on the same topic you know you might have a poetry anthology on love but each poem is going to sound different it's mm -hmm. written by a different author so you can kind of think of the bible that way it is somewhat chronological but not entirely chronological right um so yeah again, if, you're, if you're reading the old testament for example you'll read you know a, a book like uh First and Second Kings, for example, right, and then later, later, there's First and Second Chronicles, which right sort of retell a lot of those stories, but from a different vantage point. Right. And then you have you the yeah, it, it it can get kind of tricky, but the way um, the Bible has been put together is it's in two main 
parts. And that's the first thing to understand that there's two main parts of the Bible. One is called the Old Testament. And it's old. It is. It is old. And one is called the New Testament. And it's also old. But it's newer than the newer old. Newer than the old. <laughs> um, and the main divider between the Old Testament and the New Testament is Jesus. So the Old Testament is um, the Bible as it was written before Jesus. And the New Testament is the stories of Jesus and the church afterwards. Um, and I guess before saying any of that, really, to understand the Bible itself is a document that God wrote through people. And okay, so talk about that. When people, yeah, so God, God wrote it I through people. Like what I do you mean? That that should be be first. But well, no, but but I mean that's something that because one of the one of the critiques you'll hear people say is well, it's just people wrote it, it's their perspective. Yes, and the truth right? is, people did write it. Absolutely. And you do see their perspective right. in their writing. So um, when you say God wrote it through people, it doesn't mean those people fell into a trance, woke up the next day, and went, "Wow, I wrote a lot last night." I, don't I, know what... I have no idea how that happened. Like I wasn't there. Right. Um, but it is clear through the Bible that God inspired people, the Holy Spirit inspired people to write down God's words. Mm -hmm. So you're going to get some, some writers are very brief. And when the Holy Spirit spoke to them and told them what to write, they wrote it very brief. Um, some people, the Holy Spirit spoke to them and they wrote it out with all the details involved. Mm -hmm. um, but it's all Holy Spirit inspired. It's all God breathed. I love that that phrase, God breathed. Um, because if you think about, if you felt or heard the breath of God, one person might describe it one way. Mm. One person might describe it another way. It doesn't change that it was the breath of God. So if God breathed this to people and they wrote it down, it's a very important and special thing because you're getting the actual words of God. Right. But if you're going to open it up and read it, the logistics is that there's an Old Testament part mm. and Jesus came and there's a New Testament part. Um, so um, that helps when you're reading. Yeah. Yeah. You <laughs> um, might be like, if you start at the beginning of the Bible and read, you're like, I know Jesus is a part of this, but I'm not seeing his name anywhere. Right. Because he doesn't appear till Matthew when you get to the New Testament. Right. And, and I mean, there's so many different things we could talk about with the Bible. Um, and, and so I, I don't necessarily even want to try to lay it all out in this, in this podcast. Well, yeah. But I think what, what I would say is the, the entire Bible is useful. Yeah, and I'm actually quoting the Bible when I'm saying that, but you know, all all of God's word is is useful, and I think it's a really cool word to to describe the Bible with. Um, so I guess God knew what He's doing when He when He put that word in there. <laughs> but 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 here's here's what's where, where I say that. I'll hear people say things sometimes like I'm trying to read the Bible; it's boring. Okay, well, some yeah. of it is. Yeah. Yeah, like some like if you read numbers, the Book of Numbers, Leviticus, boring. Yeah, it can it can be a right. little. Because the point of some of those books, again, there's a lot of different kinds of literature in the Bible. You have poems in the Bible. Right. And that's, that's what I was going to say, that the, the first five books of the Bible kind of lay out the beginning right. of everything. Right. But then you have books of like history that are mm -hmm. recording historical events. Um, you have books of poetry. Mm -hmm. You have books that are like the book of Ruth. It's like a little short story. Right. Inserted. Self-contained. Yeah, Esther. It's kind of a self-contained yeah. start, finish other books, it's not quite like that. Right. Um, and and so what I would tell someone who's starting to read the Bible is, hey, you have to understand first and foremost that not every book of the Bible was written for the same purpose. Right. Um, great example would be the New Testament. Yeah. Okay. 
Well, most of the New Testament, so the New Testament, you, you have the Gospels. Sure. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and each of those tells the story of Jesus. Right, from like eyewitness accounts. Yeah, yeah, because again, if something happens, if you were somewhere and some big thing happened, and you had five friends with you, and you asked those five friends later to tell the story of what happened... There would get different perspectives. You, there would have different perspectives and there'd be details that some saw that the others didn't. So some people will sometimes like to look at like minor differences. And by the way, we're talking like minor differences between what Mark says, what John says, or what mainly what Mark and and Matthew, Mark and Luke will say, and then go, Oh, this is a contradiction. Well, it's not a contradiction. It's a complete picture when you put it together. And then you have John, which is another one of the gospels, but it's, it's very different in terms of some of the stories that it tells, Mm -hmm. Well, why? Well, that's because John was Jesus's best friend. And if, right. If, if and I, they were writing to different people. Like, right. Um, Matthew was really, his his passion was to let all of the Jews know who Jesus was. So he brings up a lot of like prophecy and, and trying to prove to the Jews who Jesus was. Mark is writing to the Romans. The Romans were uh, really valued that succinct. Mm-hmm. To the point. Yeah, Mark uses the words like it's a ton. He'll he'll use the words and immediately. Yeah, he's like, and then this happened, happened, and then then this right. And so Mark writes like that. Luke was a doctor. Um, If you want to know about the physical miracles of Jesus, Luke records every detail because as a doctor watching, it blew him away. He would have been noticing those things. And then John was Jesus's best friend, and it's basically like reading John's diary. Right. So you have all of these things that play into how God breathed to these people. Right. And so the gospel is a great example of it. Like, you know, uh, specifically Matthew and, uh, and John were disciples of Jesus. Luke right. and, and Mark were not, right. but they were early followers of, of Jesus. And, yeah. and they were very close friends w- and companions of Jesus's earlier followers. So sometimes yes. they're telling stories that they got through them. Right. Um, but, you know, John, again, as Jesus's best friend, if I asked your best friend, to talk about you and then I asked a bunch of your, your other friends to talk about you your best friend's gonna have stories the others don't right they know absolutely you. And so knowing some of those things is helpful but then like the rest most of the rest of the New Testament are letters yeah written and, to specific people yeah specific churches mostly written by by Paul um, but some other guys too Peter and James and, and, and others but you know Paul is writing letters to churches generally dealing with specific issues and problems that are happening in those churches. So we right. those letters, you know, we call those books of the Bible, but they're really not books. They're they were letters mm-hmm. and they were written to people about issues and we only get to see half the conversation. So we have to infer right. and and all that. And so sometimes again you'll open it up and you'll be like, "Why is this talking about meat sacrifice to idols? What in the world?" <laughs> well, because to that to that culture in yeah. that place, that was actually a big deal. Right. And that may not directly apply to us. So sometimes we'll read that stuff and go like, oh, this is, well, but there's a principle behind it. Right. That, that does apply. And so sometimes you have to pull some of that stuff, stuff out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would just say to someone that the Bible's useful. Right. And when, especially if you can kind of grab a hold of what's the, what was the purpose of this, of this writing? What was it trying to, is it a history? You know, histories mm-hmm. aren't necessarily always supposed to be like fun because is it but some of those are amazing i mean like i know oh gosh some stories are like the prophets and you read that stuff and, and and it's just recording the events that happen but you read these events and in it you see something of the character of god mm-hmm. in it you learn more about what god was doing through these people and it, and that's to me what's amazing about the bible is is from beginning to end however you want to read it however you want to go through learning scripture you have God revealing himself to his people in a variety of ways through a variety of voices. 
And by reading the Bible, you learn so much of God's voice. Absolutely. And that's one of the reasons I think it's very, very, very important for people who follow Jesus to read God's word. Because learning what God sounds like is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, learning what God values is really important. Learning what people in their faith have done and what God has done through them is inspiring and mm-hmm. challenging. And and it, the Bible talks about in Hebrews being surrounded by a cloud of witnesses, by all of these saints and all of these believers, and that our faith can grow through that. And as followers of Jesus, we need our faith to grow. It's and am- the Bible will increase your faith because it it's not only written to the people that it was written to. Right. It was written to you. Oh, and 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 I think on that note I would say that the Bible's so okay, the Bible is useful. Yeah. Uh it's it really is amazing. The Bible is unique. Mm-hmm. Um there's never been a document in the history of the world that has been as attacked um and scrutinized as the Bible. Right. Never. There there have been great lengths in many cultures and many times to to get rid of the Bible. Um, and yet God's word has, it's endured, it's, it's endured and, and it's endured yep. because it's, because it's real, because it's living and breathing and, and it's valuable. I mean, I, I love the fact that there are nations in this world that, that it's still in this world. There are nations where it is illegal yeah. to, to, to have a Bible like sent or, or right. to buy a Bible. Um, well, if it's, if it's a useless, powerless <laughs> document, right. why would that matter? Why does it matter? You know what I mean? If it's just some, some work of fiction, but it gives people hope because it yeah. shows people who they are in God's eyes and it shows people that they have worth and they have value, that they're the children of God and that the God of the universe wants to work through them and empower them to, to do great things in life. Right. And there's places in the world that are, where there's oppression and oppressors do not want the oppressed to have hope and, no. and the pa- and power. Yeah. Right. So the Bible is, is unique. I would also say that the Bible is incredibly reliable Mm-hmm. And don't really have time to get into all the, the details of that. But a lot of people would say, well, the Bible, you know, it's just, I mean, it's got, it's got errors and mistakes. It's just made up. It's like, oh, there's a ton of stuff in there that's just garbage. Like, and say that very passively. What would you say to someone like that? Well, I would say that it's one, it's not true. Um, the Bible has been attacked over many years and people are still attacking it. And sure. people still say these things didn't happen. But, but the more we dig into um, things that people think are, you know, so fantastical and the earth covered with water, like seriously, really, there was a whole white worldwide flood in a boat and the boat was saved. Well, now that we have satellite pictures of Mount Ararat, it kind of looks like there's a boat there. Like at the more we learn about mm-hmm. things, the more the Bible has been proven. Now, are there things in the Bible that are out of this world and I, how would that even happen? It doesn't mm-hmm. sound possible. Absolutely. Because we have a God who does not live in this world, who does things that are impossible. Right. So if you go into reading the Bible going, well, that doesn't seem true. That doesn't seem right. That doesn't seem like that could really happen. You're setting yourself up for failure because we have a God that can do things that don't seem like they should happen. Right. And, and I mean, also, so it is a book that records the miraculous and you get, you've got to sure. handle that. I mean, a few things I'll, I'll pile into that. So you mentioned a satellite image of Matt Ararat, and I don't know if, if Noah's... I don't know. Right. So Because I've, I've seen some of those pictures, and sometimes, I just want to say, like sometimes there are people out there sure. who are like, look, here's a picture of, of Noah's Ark. This proves it. And I, okay, I don't know. Here's what I do know, though. Like, I don't know if that... Yeah. I haven't seen that picture, and I don't know if that's doctored. I don't know. Whatever. Right. And I don't really care, because here's, here's the thing. Um, okay, like, 
in the book of Isaiah, the Bible says that God sits above the circle of the earth. Right. And to him, its inhabitants are, are like grasshoppers, like like small, because he's big. Okay, so the word circle in the, in the Hebrew language that that was written in, it, it means sphere. And that was written, oh, a thousand-ish years before Jesus. Right. So, you know, about 2,400 years before the earth being round was scientifically accepted. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's places in the Bible where it says the blood that flows through my veins, which gives me life, you know. Right. Okay, the so. The life of the flesh is in the blood. The life of the flesh is in the blood. Yeah. And, and like. They were still bleeding people a yeah. couple hundred years ago. Yeah. Um, here's the kind sanitary of sanitary laws in the Old Testament are incredibly. Yeah, modern. yeah. So the, in the Old Testament, God's giving instructions to the, the nation of Israel about how to prepare food and and like how to how to remove waste and how to wash their hands at a time in history where no human being on the planet knew what a germ was. Right. And sanitation, even in like ancient Egypt, was the most civilized place in the world. If you study the sanitation of ancient Egypt, there's a reason a lot of people died at like age 20. Right. And yet God's having them make soap. Right. You know? And like he's telling them, take some lye and all this. Right. And it's like literally a recipe for soap in the Bible. The diet that God prescribed yep. the Israelites to eat, it's like still to this day one of the healthiest diets you can eat. Right. You know, like you don't the risk have to of infection in your food would have been so, so low. Cause yeah, God, and, it's like and God for culturally, it would have been really hot. Like it would have been really hard And this really was stuff that stuff was clean. literally thousands of years before anything right. scientific. So, so there's so much of that, even, even something like the big bang theory. Um, yeah. I don't want to get into that in all detail, but before the big bang theory, every scientist worth their salt believed that the earth had always existed. Yeah. That it, it, there was, that it never, it, it was, it always was kind of like how we see God. Mm-hmm. So the fact that the Bible begins with the phrase in the beginning, that was just laughed at. Right. Then the Big Bang Theory takes hold in like the 1940s, and all of science saying there was a be- now says, okay, a spark, a beginning. there was a beginning. Right. We have evidence to prove that. We don't think God did it, but in the beginning, something happened. Well, yeah, we in the beginning, like that, literally yeah. a, a huge change happened in the scientific community that lined up really closely with the right. words. Of, well, the, the, the idea of God separating the, the waters from the waters and the fact that we have an atmosphere. And, right. And, and you can look at all of that stuff, but... And you and can look up the Hittites. You can look up the way with there's, walls there's of There's so fell. much. There's so many of those things. And, and look, by the way, I'm not attacking science. I love science because science right. That's what I'm saying. The more we scripture. study, right. the more we study, the more we find out. But the truth is, if you follow Jesus, if you want to open your Bible and read it, what I would suggest doing is kind of letting all of that stuff go. That stuff's fun to study. But for me, the real um, value of the Bible comes when I open it up. Mm-hmm. And I say, God, show me something. Mm. And then I read until he shows me something. Yeah. And what he shows me is usually very deeply personal and just for me. I, um, The other day, just as a, a side note, the other day I was reading and I actually didn't even know what to read. So I kind of popped my Bible open um, to Proverbs uh, or Psalms. I can't remember now. And I was reading and God said that spiritual discipline is more important than physical discipline and i needed that verse for later on in the day mm. and he knew that when i came to him that morning and so don't be intimidated by the bible don't be confused mm-hmm. don't look at it and go that's really old i don't really understand it i don't know what to do with it open it up open it up to the psalms open it up to one of the gospels matthew mark luke or john mm-hmm. read about jesus's life open it up to one of paul's letters to the churches there will be something in there mm-hmm. for you that day there will be and i'll say this too and we'll close there's also a lot of great resources out there to help yeah. you get started um the his hands mobile app by the way we, we have a lot of those resources linked on the learn section um there's a bible on our app with a reading plan right you want to start reading 
Uh, there's one one I'll just throw out there because I think it's it's probably at the time of our recording the best I've ever seen. Um, it's a group called the Bible Project. Yeah, they've got a they're ton. Awesome. They're amazing. They have a ton of videos on YouTube. They're these beautifully illustrated, interesting, mm-hmm. really artistically well done videos. That if you're reading, if you want to read a book of the Bible, look at the Bible Project on YouTube, and they have a video that will set up that book of the Bible, tell you what it's about, when it was yeah. written, what's going on. Really makes it accessible. There's a lot of resources out there, so take advantage of it. But the Bible's powerful. It speaks. It challenges. Yeah. It sharpens. And, and you learn God's voice. You learn God's voice through it. So many of the times he's spoken to me, he mm-hmm. speaks his word. Yeah. So that's the Bible. This was a little bit longer of an episode, but I mean, we're well, talking about the Bible. A big thing. It's a big thing. And I think 20 minutes is pretty, pretty good for that. So <laughs> thanks for listening. And we will talk to you guys later on another episode of Crash Course.